Neapel. January 8th, my friends. You are tuned into Canadian Patriot Radio, and I'm your host, Critch. Definitely no shortage of things to talk about. We're going to cover the... Uh, <clears throat> we're going to cover the collapsing of uh, DeMar M- Mainland. Drop it. And uh, we're... Specifically, we're going to cover the response from Dr. Fauci of people saying that it's related to the vaccine. And then in the bulk of the show, we are going to a buddy of mine, uh, Farmhand's brother actually, sent me a very good roundup of uh, what exactly is going on with Canadian doctors and um, actually treatments that could potentially work against the, uh, the vaccines. So that's going to eat up the bulk of the show. But what I wanted to do first, my friends, was I wanted to open with a uh, clip from Brian Lilly uh, for the Canadian National Firearms Association on the gun bans and and what exactly it is that we are kind of facing here. So I'll turn it over to Brian Lilly and we'll comment about it afterwards. The Trudeau Liberals still promising to bring in their non-existent gun buyback program. Hi, I'm Brian Lilly, political columnist for the Toronto Sun. It's been almost three years since Justin Trudeau and his Liberals promised to bring in a gun buyback program. Now, it's a so-called gun buyback program. They never owned the guns in the first place, but they said after they were banning 1,500 different types of rifles and shotguns that they would compensate the owners. Now, they banned those rifles and shotguns through an order in council, an executive order, not legislation. At the time, Trudeau said he would work through Parliament to bring in a gun buyback program to compensate people whose private property the government had just made illegal. That's how things should happen in our free and democratic society. That's how things should operate in Canada. But it's January 2023. This was started on May 1st, 2020, and there's still no program. But don't worry, in a year-end interview with the Canadian press, Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino is saying he's looking at a variety of options. Let me read to you an extended quote from his interview. It's going to involve a number of critical stakeholders and partners, including law enforcement. But we're also working with other levels of government. We're working with industry leaders. We're working with potential third parties. So we are exploring all of these options. Let me break down for you why the Trudeau Liberals have to look at all these options so late in the game. Nobody wants to be their dance partner. Nationally, the RCMP is a pretty thin operation. Sure, we might think about how the RCMP police everywhere from maritime provinces like Nova Scotia to Alberta to Manitoba, but those are contract policing. They are actually the provincial police under contract to the local government. And the local governments there say, they don't have the resources to make this a priority. The Ontario Provincial Police in Quebec, Sûreté de Quebec, they don't have the resources to run the federal gun buyback program. The feds have tried to see if the military could do it. That would be a disaster, and it would be completely wrong. They've even asked Canada Post if people could just drop off their guns at the local 
post office. Can you imagine someone walking in with their three AR-15s and handing them over to the kid behind the counter at the shopper's postal outlet? That makes no sense at all. Bottom line, they promised to do something. They had no idea how to do it. Almost three years in, they're still saying that they're going to do it. What's this really all about? It's about politics. It's about the Trudeau liberals constantly using the gun issue for wedge politics to keep it in the headlines and make sure that the suburban voters they need remain convinced that only the Trudeau liberals will keep them safe. Reality is gun crime and violent crime has gone up under this government rather than down. If their policies were working, don't you think the opposite would be happening? Let me know what you think. Drop a comment down below. Share this on social media. So obviously the key takeaway um, from that is the third parties. Um, <clears throat> contracting private entities or international entities such as maybe possibly the UN to be on Canadian soil confiscating legally, um, legally acquired property is a very, very bad idea very bad idea um the police don't want to deal the police don't want to deal with it the military they can't deal with it uh nor would they want to um and then local like local like opp or even just city police trying to uh trying to do to deal with this is just it's not nobody has the money for it and not, not only that the the bigger the bigger thing here with the police forces is is they know that this is going to do nothing Punishing uh, law-abiding gun owners is going to do absolutely nothing to stop gun crime. They, the, the liberals through all of this haven't addressed the actual issue, which is illegally acquired firearms coming across the U.S. border, which has been, it's been an echo chamber since they started doing this. They've been told over and over and over, they don't care. They don't care. They want your legally acquired firearms, and they, and they do not give a rip and it's it's clearly evident in the fact that Trudeau has actually lessened the uh, the sentencing and the the punishment on on violent gun crimes. They don't get it's it has nothing to do with uh, actually stopping gun crime. This is this is to get people that could potentially stand against them when they start rolling out even worse uh, <clears throat> policies and stuff than we've seen from these uh, fascists since since. Uh, since they got into power in what 2014 2015 but the fact that they are actually considering using third parties to do this is is that is an absolute disaster waiting to happen and i think that might be something that they want like i i think that the globalists behind the fascists that masqueraded as liberals would love nothing more than for their third party, even if it's the blue helmets, to be rolling down someone's driveway in uh, rural Saskatchewan and have them get pump, pumped right full of fucking shells, they would love that because then they could then they could declare martial law and boom, there there you go. Now the military's got the open door and they can now start coming down, kicking down doors and and taking your legally acquired firearms. <clears throat> but if a third party is contracted by the fascists that masquerade as liberals to confiscate our legally acquired firearms, I can guarantee you, you're going to get, there's going to be a firefight. I don't know if it'll be in BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec. I don't know where it's going to happen. Might be in, up north. I don't know where it's going to happen, but it's going to fucking happen. You and I both know it. <clears throat> now, the bulk majority of people are going to just say, well, nope, I'm going to take the charges. They aren't going to shoot at anybody. They aren't going to 
They aren't going to uh, risk the lives of people that have been contracted by, you know, a, a wayward, out of control, fascist, fascistic government. They're just going to take the charges, whatever those may be. <clears throat> now, they're going to throw the book at people that, that don't give their, their firearms back, which is all of us. They're going to throw the book at us. I think they'll probably actually go for jail time, friends. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It's actually going to end up in the courts again. And they have limitless money, uh, um, limitless amounts of our money to fight us in the courts over it. But <clears throat> just like Brian Lilly said, we're three years into this. This started in 2020. It's now 2023. And uh, they still haven't got a plan together. So, I mean, the fact that you still have the provinces standing with us, um, you know, Scott Moe coming out and saying don't don't turn in anything is huge. So we'll see how this plays out. I think the actual provincial pushback in the provinces that have pushed back is, is, is enough. Um, you can, you, you can change the laws in each province to basically tell the, the, the federal government to beat it. Uh, you know, pound sand. We're not, we're not playing this game here. Um, we, we live and we live, uh, part of, part of our life, uh, our heritage and everything involves firearms. We aren't doing this. And that's basically what's been told to the federal government by, uh, the Yukon, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and New Brunswick. I wish it was more, uh, but it isn't yet. So <clears throat> I think it's, I think, you know, we're, it, it, when it comes to this, we're actually in the fourth quarter and we're winning. <laughs> it's almost to the point where we got to take a knee and run out the clock because, they just, they, they have no actual plan and it's starting to show. And the fact that they, they're now banning hunting rifles, um, bolt action hunting rifles and shotguns just goes to show how, how absolutely out of control these lunatics are. And they're, they're not winning this, it, especially in the court of public opinion, they are not winning it at all. So I just wanted to cover that before we get back into the craziness that we're seeing because of these, uh, experimental injections. So let's get the show started. Friends. We'll be right back. Welcome, friends, to Canadian Patriot Radio, where conspiracy is not theory and political corruption finds the spotlight. CPR, we are committed to upholding Canadians' God-given rights to life, liberty, and freedom with all thy sons. Command.
All right, welcome back, my friends. Before we get into the bulk uh, topic of the show, I wanted to just cover this interview with uh, <clears throat> with Dr. Fauci because it's it's very interesting to see his response to to uh, Demar Hamlin's. Uh, if you're unaware, I'm sure everybody by now is. Uh, Demar Hamlin is a player for the Buffalo Bills. He tackled another player from Cincinnati, and he the tackle went fine. It wasn't even a, a violent tackle. It was just kind of a spinning tackle. He gets up, he gets wobbly, he falls over. He has a, a massive heart attack. He's what 23 years old, 23 or 27. I can't remember. He's not very old. And of course, uh, immediately on the socials, people were like, "Oh, it's the vaccine," which I am a firm believer it probably was. But um, the mainstream or the, the globalist pushback on this it has been interesting to watch. Um, I just wanted you guys to hear this interview uh, on CBS with Dr. Fauci because they address this directly. So here you go. Dr. Fauci, I don't know if you saw it, but on Monday Night Football this week, DeMar Hamlin, a player for the Buffalo Bills, collapsed on the field. You're not an NFL expert and you're not an expert on any cardiovascular issues the player might have had. But what I want to ask you about, Dr. Fauci, is as I want to do in moments like that, I kept an eye on Twitter. And I can't tell you exactly how many minutes transpired, but it was less than 20 before people on Twitter began to say, well, clearly the vaccine caused his seizure. And that had a multiplier effect on Twitter, as these things tend to do. Seizure? Uh, this guy's an idiot. It wasn't a seizure. It was a massive heart attack. Let's carry on. What's your reaction to that? Well, my reaction is one of concern about... Isn't it horror? Borderline? More than concern? Yeah, it, it's horror that misinformation and disinformation, uh, when you have a platform like social media that exponentially spreads in its best form proper and important and value-added information can spread which is good yes the thing as a public health person and as a physician and a scientist and my my identity as a physician is the thing that gets pained the most by that because what that means major is that yet again another conspiracy theory complete nonsense is going to have some people make a decision for themselves and their family not to get vaccinated, which may cost them their lives. So that's the thing that's so horrible about it. And if you want to go out spouting nonsense, conspiracy theories and spreading it all around, fine, except if it results in a person suffering and perhaps dying. And that's what happens when disinformation disincentivizes people to get proper interventions for a threat like a pandemic. And in some of these instances, as you well know, Dr. Fauci, there is some shred of evidence myocarditis was related to vaccines. It is a heart issue. I'm not a doctor, you are. Some shred of evidence that myocarditis is, is linked to the vaccines. We're gonna get into this in the bulk of the show, but this guy is just a globalist puppet interviewing Fauci. like the. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Let's carry on. That's a shred right. of evidence. A very small shred, right. <laughs> but, and, and explain sad. how then this can get conflated. Of course. In a very, very rare case, some of the mRNA vaccines can cause a self-limiting, almost invariably benign, 
inflammatory response in the heart, which generally resolves in a very short period of time. It is... Let's just stop for a minute. Myocarditis is not benign. It is not minor. It is a major, major problem. Major problem. So who is the audience? Who are the dumb motherfuckers that listen to this and think that it's true? Like, I'm sorry, but this is getting under my skin because you guys are about to hear a 45-minute clip of a, of a Canadian doctor breaking this down of what this is. And then you've got this globalist Muppet lying on national TV. This guy needs to be in handcuffs. He needs to be personally taken around to every single family that has, had some, has lost someone due to myocarditis from these vaccines. And he needs to actually be the one to say, I'm sorry, I lied. That would be a, a, a just punishment. And if the families decide to beat the ever-living shit out of them or kill them, I guess that's just the way it goes. Because it's benign. It's a benign, very small percentage. Uh-huh. Very, very rare. When you compare that with the negative effects on the heart by myocarditis or pericarditis, which is inflammation of either the heart muscle or the covering of the heart, and heart failure and heart medical problems, overwhelmingly COVID itself causes that in a dramatically higher rate than the relatively benign mild myocarditis that you might have with a vaccine, which is... That's complete BS. Uh, that's already, already been proven bullshit. So this guy is, is, he knows, he knows he's lying. At this point, this is criminal criminal negligence and and it's it's knowingly spreading misinformation and disinformation exactly what he just said that these so-called conspiracy theorists on social media are spreading he himself is doing right now you're listening to it from the master himself very very rare so that little thread of proof is that is it possible that he was back and the fact is someone came out I, and i just read this I haven't validated it, but I've read that some physician came out and made the incorrect statement that he had just vaccinated this football player a week earlier to to add to the conspiracy that he was recently vaccinated. And therefore, that's why he collapsed on the field. When if you look at the film, it's clear that he had a very big, strong person's shoulder go into his chest which clearly can cause a traumatic injury to the heart and yet clearly can can cause a traumatic injury to the heart and yet the conspiracy theory about this related to vaccine you're right it spread all over he didn't take a shoulder to the chest at all at all at all just made up disinformation coming from dr fauci himself so I wanted to share that with you because it's absolutely enraging for those of us that are awake and know what the hell is actually going on to, to hear this and, and, and also him pretending that he didn't, uh, he didn't, you know, I haven't verified this, but a doctor came out and actually, so there was a doctor, I forget his name. Now it's gone because, uh, he had actually kind came forward and bragged about the fact that he had given DeMar, uh, his booster. I think it was on boxing day and people had found it. Uh, this was an actual doctor and he got swarmed on Twitter, absolutely swarmed uh, over it. And he had to delete his account. So Fauci is fully aware of what's actually going on, uh, what's being said and, and, and all of it. And he's trying to run cover for it. He himself is trying to run cover for it and it's not going to work. He got up just fine. He sprung up actually after that hit. He was totally fine. 
So if that's the case, if we're going to start saying that even the even the smallest little uh, bump into the chest is is potentially going to start causing massive heart attacks, well, then we need to shut all football programs down. That's it. No more football. Because if that's actually what he's saying, then nobody can actually take take or that. That's not just limited to football. That we're talking rugby, hockey, all contact sports now have to be. That's it. No more. According to Dr. Fauci, because if that hit, if that hit. Uh, that DeMar made on the Cincinnati player was enough to give him that heart attack, well, then that means all contact sports from this point on are done. No more, my friends, because that wasn't even a hard hit. It was a spinning tackle. It wasn't even that hard of a hit. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Sometimes it's hard to deal with the stupid that these people put out. It, it almost burns, my friends, the stupid. It burns. Okay, now let's once again disprove everything that these globalist muppets are saying. We've got a Canadian doctor that has come forward in BC, and his name is Dr. Mackis. And he did a seminar in BC, I believe it was in December, but this was the first time I had seen it, and it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you guys have to hear this. I'm dying out record. Sorry, um, you guys have to hear this. Um, it's one of those things that I know, because it's on Facebook, it's going to, it's going to disappear, so I wanted to get it on the record. So... Without any further ado, let's turn it over to Dr. Mackis so you guys can hear this. At record rates. Canadian doctors, since the rollout of the vaccines, are dying at record rates. And because I'm in British Columbia, I'm going to talk to you about Bill 36 as well and how that's potentially going to damage your healthcare system maybe even more. A little bit about me. I was born in uh, communist Czechoslovakia. <laughs> I think there's a few, uh, few fellow countrymen in, in, uh, in the room tonight. And uh, we immigrated in 1988. Um, we went to Yugoslavia to a United Nations refugee camp. We applied for refugee status and we lived in a refugee camp for a year. We, um, we interviewed at the Canadian Embassy in Belgrade and we were lucky enough to get a flight to Canada. 1989, we landed in Toronto in a government housing. And I grew up in Toronto. Uh, my dad worked very, very hard to provide a good life for us, a better life for us. And I went to University of Toronto. I got a four-year immunology degree at U of T. And then I went to medical school at McGill University. And I obtained a five-year specialty in radiology and oncology. So I have a little bit of medical background. And so when I'm telling you about these things, I'm giving you my honest medical opinion, which I can because they can't come after my job, they can't come after my license, they did that before the pandemic. I ran a large cancer program. It was very successful. We were treating stage four cancer patients with 85 to 90% cure rate. And Alberta, and Alberta Health Services, unfortunately, shut our program down because their Trudeau government is building it here in Vancouver with BC Cancer, with UBC, and with Triumph, with $300 million of federal money, which is great for British Columbia, but they basically killed our program in Alberta and left our cancer patients to die so that they could have a monopoly over it and then privatize it. But that's, that's aside. So sudden adult death syndrome has been a big thing recently. Now, have, did any of you hear about sudden adult death syndrome before the rollout of the vaccines? No. Is this, is this a new thing? Yes. It seems like a new thing. 
And it pretty much is. Now, it did exist before the rollout of the vaccines, except it was called something else. It was called sudden arrhythmic death syndrome. And it referred to young people who had con very rare congenital abnormalities that predisposed them to a sudden death at a young age. Sudden arrhythmic death syndrome, it was very, very rare. You know how rare it was? It was one death per one million population per year. So in, a, in Canada, 38 million populations, that means you would have 38 young people who would die suddenly or unexpectedly in the entire country per year, 38. Now we have thousands. There's thousands of young people who are dying suddenly and unexpectedly. No one wants to talk about it. The health authorities don't want to talk about it. They don't want to investigate it. They're not doing autopsies. They're trying to sweep it under the rug. In Alberta, last year, the number one cause of death was unknown. We had 3,400 Albertans who died last year of cause unknown, and no one is investigating it. Now, this is happening since the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. Again, the big elephant in the room. Now, interestingly, the most vaccinated people, young people, are doctors. Doctors, nurses, other healthcare workers. But Canadian doctors have gone all in on the jab. They are 99.99% vaccinated. They're the first ones to take their boosters. The vast majority of doctors have had fourth shots. Some have had five shots. So it's important to see what's happening to the doctors. Are they healthy? Are the vaccines safe and effective? If they are, then the doctors would be in perfect health, but they're not. They're dying, doctors are dying, Canadian doctors are dying at record rates. Now it's not just doctors, we're seeing it, nurses are dying too, paramedics are dying, police officers, firefighters, teachers are starting to die now, kids. I was contacted by an Alberta teacher a couple of weeks ago who told me that they have lost a grade two student and a 37-year-old teacher in their school from sudden cardiac death. Now there's a teacher in British Columbia who posted something on Twitter recently and I wanna read it to you very quickly. Because some of you may have heard about this. So this teacher said, I know two kids who died suddenly in the last three days, seven-year-old girl and 10-year-old girl. Both no underlying health conditions. I'm a teacher of 12 years. I've never seen this. These kids are in BC, Vancouver Island and Kelowna. One of them went to another school, but one was actually a friend. She said, I know she was triple vaccinated. And another one in Richmond, girl, six years old. Yeah, six years old. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys know, this, this is happening now. now Kids are starting to die suddenly or unexpectedly. This should not be happening, okay? This should absolutely not be happening. I'm gonna focus on the doctors because there's a lot of information that we see with the doctor deaths. And it sort of gives you an idea of what is causing these sudden deaths. Why are people dying while they're exercising? 
Why are people dying in the middle of the night? They go to sleep, they never wake up. Again, this used to not happen before. Like I said, sudden arrhythmic death syndrome, one in a million per year. This is now far too common. Okay, and it's since the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. When you look, 93 doctors have died suddenly or unexpectedly since the rollout of the vaccines last year. 93, that number's climbing every single day. In fact, we just had a cluster of doctors who died, so that number's gonna go over 100 before the end of the year. When you look at doctors of all ages, you find that the older doctors are dying at about 30% higher rate since the rollout of the vaccines. But it gets worse the younger you get. Doctors under 50 are dying almost at double the rate since the rollout of the vaccines. Doctors under 40, it jumps to three, four, five hundred percent. Youngest doctors under 30 years old are dying at 800% increased rate since the rollout of the vaccines. McMaster University had three medical students that died this summer. One medical school. One medical school lost three of their medical students. They were aged 25, 27, 32 dead this summer. So I'm gonna to talk to you about what might be causing these deaths. And basically, it's four things. Number one, myocarditis, heart inflammation, causing sudden cardiac arrest. These are the deaths you see when people are exercising and they drop, they collapse, they drop dead, or they die in their sleep in the early morning hours usually. That's number one. That seems to account for about 60% of the deaths. Number two, blood clots. And I'm gonna go into detail about the blood clots. Number three, neurological injuries. And number four, turbo cancers, or very rapidly growing aggressive cancers. So if you look at myocarditis, what is myocarditis? Why is it happening? Well, we're told that when we get the, the injection, the booster shot, we get it in the arm, it's supposed to stay in the arm for a few hours, it's supposed to teach your immune system how to fight the coronavirus. And then the mRNA dissolves and you're fine. No problems, right? Doesn't get into your blood, doesn't go anywhere else, stays in the arm and it's gone within a few hours, maybe a day or two, and that is a lie. That is a lie, it's a proven lie. When you get the shot, so you've got these lipid nanoparticles that have the mRNA, they end up in your bloodstream. There's two ways they get into your bloodstream, either the person hits a tiny little blood vessel and ends up in the bloodstream, or because they're lipid nanoparticles, they drain into the lymphatic system and they travel, they go into the lymph nodes, they go through your lymphatic channels, they end up in the blood anyways. And they end up in the blood and they circulate in your bloodstream over and over and over and over. They circulate throughout your entire body, they circulate for weeks. The mRNA lipid nanoparticles have been found in the bloodstream for weeks. And as they circulate throughout your bloodstream, they get dumped in your heart. They get dumped in your brain. They get dumped in the liver, they get dumped in the spleen, they get dumped in the ovaries, they get dumped in the testes. They pretty much get dumped everywhere. 
And wherever they land, the spike protein gets transcribed, and now you're getting spike protein where you shouldn't have spike protein. You're only supposed to have spike protein in the arm, but that's not where it's at. Now you're getting spike protein in the heart, and they have found spike protein in the heart on autopsy. Now you're getting spike protein in the brain. You're getting spike protein in the kidneys. You're getting spike protein in the liver. And wherever you get spike protein, you get inflammation. So myocarditis is inflammation of the heart following vaccination when the spike protein gets expressed in the heart. Now it could be in the heart vessels, it could be in the heart muscle, any part of the heart where the lipid nanoparticle lands. Now what's very interesting about this kind of heart inflammation is that people don't know they have it. It's called subclinical myocarditis and people don't know they have it. There may be thousands and thousands of people walking around right now with an inflammation of the heart they don't know they have. You don't get chest pain, you don't get shortness of breath. The first sign you may get is a sudden death at 4 a.m. after you go to sleep. Now we've been told that myocarditis is rare, it's mild, it occurs in young teenage boys, it goes away. Don't worry about it. It's one in 5,000, one in 10,000, one in 20,000. I think the most the health authorities will admit to is one in 5,000. That's the most that anyone's gonna admit to. In reality, it could be as high as one in 30. One in 30, that comes out of two research studies. One that was done in Thailand, where they studied teenage boys, 200 teenage boys. They had their second Pfizer shot. They tested them and they found one in 30 had subclinical myocarditis, no symptoms, just inflammation of the heart. There was a Swiss doctor, Dr. Christian Mueller, who tested 800 healthcare workers after their booster shot. He took blood work on day three, after the booster shot, 800 healthcare workers, men, women, various ages. He found one in 35 had elevated troponins, sign of heart muscle damage, myocarditis. Now imagine 1 in 30, okay, 1 in 30 for one injection, okay, now you have 2 shots, 2 in 30, 3 shots, 3 in 30, now you're down to 1 in 10. It's very common and no one is admitting it. No doctor is admitting this. These studies are out there. And Dr. Peter McCullough, the Texas cardiologist, has said this. He's done many interviews about this, and guess what? They're stripping him of his medical license because he's talking about this. They're stripping him of this, his medical license. They're suing him for a million dollars. His former employer in Texas is suing him for a million dollars. They want to silence him. They don't want you to know. They don't want anybody to know. This myocarditis is very common. I always say, okay, one in 30, not every case is gonna result in a sudden cardiac death. And how do these sudden cardiac deaths even happen? So you have a little bit of heart inflammation, now you get a little bit of scarring in your heart, and this is very, these are very small scars. But apparently you need a spike of stress hormones to trigger an arrhythmia that is usually fatal. And you know when you get a spike of stress hormones? When you're exercising? when you're heavily exercising, or in the early morning hours as your body's about to wake up. You got a little spike of stress hormones to help your body wake up. That's when they're finding these people collapsed, either in their bed or beside the bed, 
with a fatal arrhythmia with a ventricle tachycardia or ventricular fibrillation and most of the time these people can't be saved. There was a story recently about a couple months ago of a 38 year old mountain biking world champion Scottish guy, Rab Wardell I think was his name, 38 years old, just won a, won a world championship. Super happy, he was on TV, he was doing interviews, 38 years old. Two days later, he collapses in bed in the early morning hours. Now his wife is an Olympic cyclist, she knows what to do, she starts doing CPR right away, calls the ambulance, defibrillator, everything, the guy's dead. Dead, you can't save him. Most of, that, most of the time when these people go into this arrhythmia, they cannot be saved. So not every case of myocarditis will lead to, a, to an arrhythmia and a sudden cardiac death, but any case can. So it's basically a Russian roulette. It's a luck of the draw. And when you look at the doctors, and, and, and I hope that you know, some of you will, will, will get your hands on, on this list and just look at it, just read it, because the mainstream media is trying to squash it. I now have four mainstream media outlets that are trying to bury this and bury me with it including the Toronto Star that just did a hit piece on me a few weeks ago, a front page hit piece, and Global News most recently is preparing a hit piece. They just sent a very aggressive young journalist after me to try to bury this story and discredit it. Right? They want to discredit it. They say this is fake news, fraudulent, and so on. This summer, three young doctors died while they were swimming. Three Canadian doctors died while they were swimming. One was a triathlete doing a swim portion of a triathlon. She didn't drown. She had a heart attack while they were swimming. Two dropped dead while they were jogging. One of them was an Olympic athlete. He was an Olympic sailor. Dr. Paul Hannum in Toronto dropped dead while he was jogging. Two died while they were hiking. One died, he was a cyclist while he was cycling. One died while cross-country skiing. And a bunch of doctors have died in the middle of the night. They went to bed and they never woke up. Some of them a few days after their booster shot. So, so this is something you absolutely have to be aware of because this seems to be the number one cause of sudden deaths post-vaccination. It seems to be happening in about 60% of people. It can affect men and women equally for the vaccine. Now, regular myocarditis you get from a different virus. Yes, it affects young teenage boys, women not really usually affected. Myocarditis tends to affect women in their 40s and 50s. But with this vaccine, mRNA vaccine specifically, it seems to affect men and women equally. And women are not even being told about this risk. Women are not being told about the risk of myocarditis and sudden cardiac death. So it's a risk for women as well. Please be aware of that. Now there's a German team that has put out a, a study about 25 autopsies of people who died suddenly or unexpectedly in their home about 20 days, within 20 days after their Pfizer injection, and they actually labeled a new, um, a new disease or a new entity, and they're calling it lethal vaccination-associated myocarditis. Lethal vaccina vaccination-associated myocarditis, that's now a thing. They've labeled it. They said this is totally unlike any myocarditis we've ever seen. It behaves completely differently. It's, it's very lethal. They put a name on it. It seems to be accounting for about 60 
60 to 70 percent of these sudden deaths. So when you, when you hear sudden death, think of heart inflammation and this, 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 this syndrome that's happening. The second cause is blood clots. Now, how many of you seen the movie Died Suddenly? Wow, that's a good amount. Most of you. Okay, great movie. It's not perfect. It's got a few little flaws, but I think it's a fantastic movie. It's got over 13 million views on Rumble right now. And it shows you these horrendous blood clots that they're pulling out of people uh, during uh, embalming. And these blood clots are very, very weird. Now, these are not normal blood clots. And doctors are trying to claim these are normal blood clots. They are not. And if you have seen the movie, I encourage you to see a one-hour interview done by Dr. pathologist Dr. Ryan Cole from the United States. He did a one-hour interview with Dr. Drew, and he goes very in-depth on these clots and what they are. They're not regular blood clots. What they're finding is that there's protein in these clots. There's all kinds of proteins, amyloid proteins, that are being built into these clots, amyloid fibrils. And that gives them this, this kind of firm, rubbery appearance. They look like rubber bands, they look like calamari, they look like something out of an alien movie. It's just amyloid protein. And guess what? The spike protein has seven amyloid sequences in it. Nobody knows why. They just happen to be there. There's seven sequences when you chop up the spike protein and you let the mRNA get transcribed, there are seven amyloid proteins that come out of it and about half of them can create these long fibril structures. So Dr. Ryan Cole has dissected these things and he's found amyloid in them, these amyloid fibrils, and here's the thing, the body can't break it down. So your, your body, as these things are being accumulated in your body, usually your body, your body is supposed to break these clots down, but the body does not have the ability to break amyloid clots down. It just doesn't have it. So they get bigger and bigger and bigger. And guess what? When these clots get big enough, they're fatal. You get big enough blood clots in your lungs, that's fatal. You get blood clots in your heart, definitely fatal. You can get blood clots in your brain as well. So what I want to tell you now is, is there's, there's things you can do to protect yourself. For the myocarditis, for example, we discovered recently that there's a supplement called taurine that actually treats myocarditis and may protect people from a sudden cardiac death. Taurine is a supplement, it, it's, it's an amino acid, and you know where it's found? It's found in energy drinks. They put caffeine and taurine into energy drinks, and they put taurine for mental alertness, so that you have mental alertness when you take Red Bull or what have you, energy drinks, right? But taurine is found in, in seafood, in high levels in seafood, in octopus, in squid, in fish. And guess who has the highest consumption of taurine in the world? The Japanese. The Japanese have the highest consumption of taurine in the world, and it seems to have these really protective effects on the heart. It, it treats all kinds of inflammation of the heart. The Japanese have the lowest incidence of ischemic heart disease, and taurine has been actually found as one of these nutritional items in the Japanese diet that contributes to the longevity of the Japanese people. Guess what else? The Japanese people didn't have high COVID-19 deaths. 
their rate of deaths was actually very, very low. And there's, there's been a lot of confusion about why this, is, why this was the case. And our Pfizer doctors, I call them, our Pfizer doctors tell us, well, it's because the Japanese love masks. They wear masks everywhere they go. The Japanese, the South Korean, they're masked all the time. They love masks. Look, look how well they've done. They love their masks. That's why they want to bring back masks, even now. They want to bring them back in BC. They want to bring them back in Alberta. Right? They were just, uh, there's a bunch of doctors that just sent a letter to Danielle Smith pushing her to bring back masking, mandatory masking, right? It's not the masks. They have very high consumption of taurine. They've proved this, they've tested their urine. They're like, these guys consume a ton of this stuff. They have no ischemic heart disease. It treats COVID-19 inflammation, that's been shown. This is a supplement that's available on Amazon for 10 bucks. It's cheap, it's dirt cheap. If you're worried about someone who you're worried that they might have myocarditis, a young, very athletic person, and you don't want to be the next statistic on diet suddenly, get them some taurine, okay? Just get, get them a $10 bottle of taurine. It might save a life. For the blood clots, there's another supplement that breaks down blood clots. It's called natto kinase. It's again from Japan, discovered in Japan. It's extracted from fermented soybeans. It's an enzyme. It's an enzyme that degrades blood clots, it degrades amyloid clots, and it degrades the spike protein. This has been proven. It actually degrades the spike protein. Natokinase, again, Amazon, 20 bucks a bottle. Slightly more expensive than taurine, but... And there's other versions of this. There's natokinase, there's serapeptase, there's lumbrokinase. Natokinase seems to be the best, but there's other versions of this. Again, give yourself, give yourself some protection because your doctor's not gonna offer you this advice at all. Third category, and this is the biggest category, is neurological injuries. Neurological injuries after COVID vaccination are huge. It is the number one cause of injury after COVID-19 vaccination. We know that spike protein gets in the brain. We know that when it gets in the brain, it causes inflammation, and when you have inflammation in the brain, it can cause all, it can wreak all kinds of havoc. You can have movement disorders. So many of you may have seen these videos where people are shaking uncontrollably. They, 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 they're in bed and they can't stop moving their arms or their legs. It's neurological injury, inflammation of the brain, difficult to treat. You can get seizures, and these seizures can be fatal. Now we have a quick little video I want to show you. There's a, um, a reporter, Mark Stein in the United States, did a quick little video. And many of you may have seen these videos of people collapsing out of the blue. I don't know if we'll be able to show it. And then the final solution, uh, which is a year to two years off, is the vaccines. Doctors baffled by increase in Southern Adult Death Syndrome. I mean, are they are they that stupid, or or are they uh, or are they they just feel oh we can't possibly connect all these dead young and middle-aged people over here with all these mass vaccinations over there? What 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 they must know, surely. 
Yes, I don't think that they're stupid. I think that they think we are stupid. And I mean, they're kind of right. I mean, sudden adult death syndrome, really? Uh, this is basically the new one. We had a couple of months ago, right, when it was Christmas, they said, oh, there are a lot of people dying from heart attacks and it might be uh, because of the, the Christmas trees in your house. Uh, I've seen headlines where they said, oh, it's climate change that now causes all of these heart attacks. I've seen post-pandemic stress disorder is causing heart attacks. These people are laughing at us. They think that we're stupid. And you know, the thing is that can, I understand that a lot of people have trouble saying these things because as you said, they will come after you when you try and uncover the truth. And also it's very hard to speak out about the truth and say, hey, maybe we should call a spade a spade here and two plus two is four. And the only thing that changed in the past couple of months is the fact that everyone took this vaccine. You can't say that because there are no real studies for these correlations, you know, we just have suddenly all these extra deaths and we know no, we have no idea why, but we do know that it's not the vaccine. That's the one thing that they can tell you for sure. And yet, despite the fact that we now essentially clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide. Sometimes you'll see videos where people are kind of looking up in the air and they start turning. Okay. They start turning, looking up in the air and turning. Now some people have described this as that they're seeing a demon. And they start fighting against air. Whatever they're seeing, they start fighting and flailing against it. A few seconds later they collapse to the ground. Sometimes they die, sometimes they don't die. But this is neurological injuries seizures and these seizures can be fatal there's a doctor 43 year old doctor in the states dr brett stetka who ran medscape a website for doctors and for people who want to look up stuff medscape 43 years old had a massive seizure fully vaccinated had a massive seizure he died from the seizure the last thing that he had posted on his twitter was he was proud of getting his one year old child mrna vaccinated and that was the last thing he ever posted online. It's still there right now. So neurological injuries are horrendous. You can get seizures, you can get prion disease. Now this is known as Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease or mad cow disease. And there's a doctor in Vancouver who died just about a month and a half ago. Cardiologist, Dr. Gerald Simkus of Vancouver died, they say after a short and courageous battle with Kreutzfeldt Jakob disease or prion disease. Again, prions are these abnormal proteins that misfold and they cause other proteins to misfold. It's a rapidly neurodegenerative disease, almost always fatal. And again, there is a prion sequence somewhere in the spike protein. And people have been worried about this for a long time. Is this gonna come out with, we're in, injecting you know, millions and millions of people. Are some of them gonna develop prion disease? Well, it's starting to happen, I don't know. It's starting to happen. The last thing with neurological is that it, there, there, there seems to be an increase in mental health disorders as well following vaccination. Increase in anxiety, increase in um, um, psychotic episodes. 
increase in depression, and that leads to an increased risk of suicide. So we may actually see increased rates of suicide among the vaccinated. Again, if it's someone who's been vaccinated, you have to think of that, that that is, that is a risk factor. There is a supplement called uh, N-acetylcysteine, called NAC. It's a very powerful antioxidant. It has protective effects in the brain. It seems to protect inflammation in the brain, treat it. It's been used to treat obsessive compulsive disorder. It's been looked at for treating Alzheimer's, for Parkinson's. FDA is trying to get it banned. They're talking about banning it. They don't want you to have anything to help yourself if you're vaccine injured. Maybe euthanasia. That they'll roll out the red carpet, right? But that, that, that is all they're gonna offer, I'm telling you, that is all they're gonna offer the vaccine injured in the future is euthanasia. Sorry, I should call it uh, MAID, medically assisted, med medical assistance in death, right? That, that's what they're gonna offer the vaccine injured because they have nothing else to offer. Either keep taking your boosters or get the hell out of here because the, do the doctors don't wanna see you. Doctors don't wanna deal with the vaccine injured and that is a tragic reality is that many vaccine injured, the doctors do not want to treat them, they don't know how to treat them, they, they, they don't want to deal with the patients that they themselves have injured. Okay, the last category is turbo cancers or rapid cancers. I want to briefly bring this up because there seems to be a spike in these bizarre, rapidly growing cancers that are fatal. There's also cancers that come back after vaccination. But there's a case of a young, medical student at the University of British Columbia, Dr. Joshua Yoneda, 27 years old, needed to have two vaccine doses to continue his medical school, third year medical school. He was doing rotations in hospitals, needed to have his up shots. Perfectly healthy, after his two shots, about a month or two later, develops, starts developing back pain. The back pain is getting worse and worse and worse. Never had back pain before. They go for imaging, they find a huge tumor on his spine. Very, very large tumor on his spine, they biopsy it, they're like, ah, you know, we can treat this, this is not that aggressive, we can treat it, we can cure it, you'll be fine. They operate it, they look at it again, they're like, well, this is actually extremely rare, extremely aggressive, something we haven't seen or dealt with, and he was dead within a few months. Medical student, 27-year-old medical student at University of British Columbia, dead within a few months after taking two shots. So there is a spike in cancers. We're seeing it in the United States. We're seeing it in the UK. Again, the, the, the medical authorities do not want to talk about it. There's about 10 doctors in my list of 93 doctors who died suddenly who developed cancer that was so aggressive that claimed their life in less than a year. All of them had had at least two mRNA vaccine doses. Dr. Sawitsky, 36-year-old doctor in Mississauga, developed gastric cancer after two shots, goes stage four, dead in less than a year. Same hospital, 49-year-old Dr. Lauren Siegel, develops lung cancer, goes to stage four, and less, dead in less than a year. They died within days of each other. Same hospital, Mississauga Hospital Trillium Health. So rapid cancers seem to be happening with these shots. Now I want to talk to you about Bill 36, because Bill 36 is, a, is an absolute monstrosity of a piece of legislation that I guess has been passed, has it been passed? I don't know if it's yes. been passed. Okay, it's been passed, so, and, and you knew they would. 
the main thing that that is that is uh, is an absolute disaster for Bill 36, which is the Health Professions Act, governs the the practice of of healthcare in the province of British Columbia. The main problem is Section 49, which ma which gives which makes mandatory vaccinations for doctors, for nurses, for other healthcare workers, governed by the various colleges. It makes vaccinations mandatory in order for you to have your license. In order for you to have your doctor license, medical license, in order for you to have your nursing license, you have to take mandatory vaccinations, which is gonna include COVID vaccinations every three months. Because that is the, that is the standard that's coming out of Health Canada. You're gonna need booster shots every three months to stay up to date on your mRNA vaccines. And not only that, you're gonna probably have to take whatever new mRNA vaccines come out. Oh, there's a new mRNA influenza vaccine? You're a healthcare worker, you, better, you gotta take it. That's what's built in to Bill 36. It states clearly, mandatory vaccinations of any kind as a condition on your license to practice as a doctor, as a nurse, as any other kind of healthcare worker. This has not been done anywhere in Canada. This is actually the most draconian piece of healthcare legislature that has come out anywhere in Canada. And that's Bill 36. I've never seen it as a condition of your license to practice. You know, I've seen mandates, we've seen mandates from the hospitals, the hospitals can man mandate for you to work. But maybe you have a private practice, maybe you don't care what happens at the hospital. So you can practice privately. We've seen mandates, you know, in the health authorities, so Alberta Health Services actually came out a mandate for all 105,000 healthcare workers in the entire province of Alberta last year. And they drove a lot of people into retirement, a lot of people quit, a lot of people left Alberta, thousands of healthcare workers. But it's never been conditional on your license. And what they've done now is they make it conditional on your license, and if you refuse, the college is gonna damage your license. They're gonna say, well, this, let's say nurse. Nurse refuses the mandatory vaccination. Let's say that this nurse is refusing her fifth booster shot or sixth booster shot. They're gonna say, nurse such and such, refuse the shot, it goes on her record. It goes on her record as unprofessional conduct. Now she's an unprofessional nurse or an unprofessional doctor. Now you try to get a job somewhere else in the province with an unprofessional conduct on your record, or you try to get a job in the States, you're gonna have a very hard time. You basically are now tarnished and damaged by a vindictive, corrupt college, by a vindictive, corrupt provincial government. This is extremely damaging, and I, and I think I think a lot of British Columbians are realizing the implications of this. I don't know how many healthcare workers are realizing the implications of this, because the mandatory vaccinations are built in. The second thing that's built in, and it's very, very communist style, is they are pressuring doctors and nurses to report each other for COVID misinformation. And, and you know what they will report you as? You'll be reported as a danger to the public health. This is very, very communist style. This is like straight out of the Soviet Union. Straight out of the Soviet Union, report your fellow man to the government so they can strip him or her of their license to practice medicine or nursing. So now people are going to be incentivized 
to sabotage their colleagues, to snitch on their coworkers who they may not like or who may hold different views. Let's say you love mRNA vaccines and, and you want to take out your colleague who doesn't. You're going to report them. You're going to say they're in danger. Now this is section 85, section 85, 86, 87. There's several sections on this where the college demands that doctors and nurses snitch on each other, report each other for COVID misinformation. There's other things that are built in. There's, there's if a doctor tries to practice kind of on their own or without a medical license, they can come after them with uh, six months imprisonment. So let's say you try to treat some people under the table. Now they've built in six months imprisonment or $200,000 fine penalty. That's section 514 through 519. Okay, and, 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 and again, I, I haven't read the entire thing, and these things are, are bad enough. Now, these things are going to damage the practice of medicine in British Columbia because, and I know that family doctors have been given a pay raise, which is fantastic. They've been given like $100,000, $120,000 extra pay raise to bring them in line with other provinces like Alberta and Ontario. But when doctors realize, and they know this, they know that doctors are starting to ask questions and they're starting to realize when their colleagues are dropping dead left and right, you can only deny that so long. You can deny it for a few months, but when you see it happening around you, and I've had so many nurses contact me and tell me, they see this, they see this in the workplace, they know colleagues who are sick after their shots, like very sick, who are disabled, who've been damaged, vaccine injured, or who've died. And they don't want it happening to them. And you know what, the doctors may love the money, and maybe that's why they've all, 99.9% .9 of them have taken the shots, because the money's good and the lifestyle is amazing. But, is that lifestyle really worth your life? There was a 48-year-old doctor, family doctor in Toronto, who was a CEO of Activa Clinics, ran multiple clinics, multi-millionaire. Multi-millionaire, took his booster shot, three days later goes for a Christmas party at his friend's house, does, starts feeling unwell, lies down, never wakes up. 48 years old, dead, three days after his booster shot. Can't take the money with him. Is, is it worth it? At some point, doctors are gonna realize the money is not worth your life. The money is not worth getting disabled over or dying in your sleep or dying from these shots. And they're gonna keep pushing these mRNA shots because they need doctors to push the shots on the rest of you, the rest of the population. That's why they need to keep the doctors in line. That's why this Bill 36 is so draconian. It is to keep the doctors and nurses in line. And if they're not in line, heck, and if they're missing, well, they'll, they'll import some from other countries if they have to, and they'll jab them. But they need to have the doctors under a very, very tight control. And BC apparently is leading the way in, the, in this draconian legislature. So please be aware of it. Um, you guys have to push back against this bill at some point because you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose thousands of nurses, you're gonna lose thousands of doctors, and healthcare is only gonna get worse in British Columbia. So please, protect yourself. I always say protect yourself, protect your loved ones, protect your kids, because the doctors are not gonna protect you. They can't even protect themselves. Protect yourselves, and God bless you. Take care. A little bit shocking to take that all in. Um, what I do like is he offered up the treatments for
for um, the vaccine injured or just potential injuries that could happen down the road. You heard him uh, bring up NATO kinase, um, NAC, and uh, taurine. So taurine protects your heart. NATO kinase uh, protects your, you know, your mind. And of course, NAC is for uh, uh, blood clots, and so is NATO kinase. But um, just uh, incredible to hear. I like the fact that he touched on uh, Bill, Th- Bill C thirty six in in uh, British Columbia, which is basically vaccine mandate induced communism, is what it is. You heard him. He's he's from a communist country, so. No, sh- no shocker uh, that the socialists in BC would do something like that. Um, I'm not surprised that they're the first province to do it. Um, <clears throat> I think you're going to have a tougher time getting something like that passed in Alberta and Saskatchewan, possibly Manitoba. <clears throat> um, Ontario, when it comes to this, has always been a little bit... Uh, I don't think it's a conservative government whatsoever. I think they're just going with the flow. The globalist masters are pulling the strings in Ontario, and the same goes for Quebec and the East Coast. Uh, besides New Brunswick, because they've stood against the gun crap that we're dealing with. So anyway, it's it's one of those things where you might have to listen to it a few times. I know why myself have listened to it twice now, and I've picked up new stuff from it the second time around. So um, feel free to listen to it a few times. Share it with whoever you want, um, especially those that are, um, you know, a lot of people got two shots, but they didn't go for the third. There's so many, actually. Um, and, and I think those are the people that maybe really... Uh, need to hear something like this the fact that that they can um, treat themselves with just supplements and and potentially live a long and, and healthy normal life if they just get onto a few supplements uh, to look after themselves so that's that's the true goal of this is to share it with people that you know uh, maybe bought into the first and second round uh, but now are just not 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 eating or drinking the Kool-Aid at all anymore. Um, these people are the most at risk. They have to, they have to take steps now, probably for the rest of their lives, um, to, to, I guess, uh, subdue the effects of these shots. So like I said, share this with anybody that you are concerned about. Um, anybody that is showing concern themselves about the shots, um, this would be something great for them to listen to. Obviously, that's where we'll end this one. Where where the better part of an hour, I had I had quite a few other clips that uh, I had picked out, but we'll cover those in the next one. Um, sorry for the gap in between shows. Uh, just another one of those stretches where I was extremely busy. Um, it is what it is. Life marches on for everybody. So, thank you so much for tuning in again, my friends. Um, <clears throat> if you want to reach out and uh, contact me, you can find me on Facebook at Canadian Patriot Radio. Use the message button; it uh, comes directly to me. Uh, the email is CanadianPatriotRadio at gmail.com. The telegram room is t, uh, t.me backslash CPR underscore two. And the website is CanadianPatriotRadio.ca. Uh, until next time, my friends, in all thy armed sons, command. joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up 
and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.